welcome to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host for today. Today, we welcome Cynthia Stewart, director of system engineering at Science and Engineering Services in Huntsville, Alabama. Cynthia has a bachelor's and master's degree in mechanical engineering and spent 10 years as an engineer at NASA before taking a 17-year career break home with her four children. We will talk about how that was only supposed to be a one-year career break, the role of God and Cynthia's church in her career break and relaunch, and what Cynthia is doing today, three years after she relaunched. Cynthia, welcome to 321i Relaunch. Hi, Carol. Great to be here. Well, it's great to have you, and I want to start by talking about the early years uh, before you took the career break. Can you tell us how you started your career? Well, I graduated from the University of Tennessee, and one of my very first interviews was with Marshall Space Flight Center um, here in Huntsville, Alabama, and I just loved it. I fell in love with it. I, I uh, had a couple other interviews, but but that was it. Um, you know, everybody kind of has that, I think, starstruck. Oh, it's NASA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I definitely fell into that category. I got to work on, on lots and lots of things. NASA has a great program where you uh, sample a few things to see what areas of disciplines you like to work in. And then um, lots of, of different programs are available that you don't get stuck doing the same thing over and over and over again. So I did things from payloads to vehicles to um, engines. The last thing I worked on was an in-house engine that we designed. Interesting. And you did this for a period of over 10 years? I did. Almost 12. And can you tell us about when you left the workforce and how you made that decision? Um, Well, I I was married for a while. Um, My husband and I um, had three children. And at the time when we had that third child, um, my, I felt like God was telling me, Hey, you need to stay home. You you know, that's more important than, than working. And I'll tell you, it's hard. All those women who have kids and work at the same time, it's hard. Um, and, uh, my boss came in, I was telling him, I, I need to, I need to go ahead and stay home. My nanny can't, I, you know, my nanny quit. I need to, I need to stay at home. I really think God's telling me that. And he said, oh, Cynthia, you're one of those people that I think can do it all. And that just went to my head. And I thought, oh, yeah, I can do it all. So I didn't quit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and, then, and then got pregnant again. Um, and we had our fourth baby. And she had a milk allergy. Um, and I needed to stay at home and nurse her so that uh, this allergy wasn't as, as, um, serious of a thing. Uh, and i I really felt like God was telling me, okay, I gave you a chance to do it on your own. Now I'm going to make you do it. Mm-hmm. So I was really just going to stay at home for a year and nurse her, um, and then come back to work. That was always our plan, but I loved being at home. And so what happened? You just continued to stay at home and the years went by or were there times where you were reflecting on maybe it's time to go back or all, one day you woke up 16 years later and, and then you, you thought it was right. You know, it's so funny because we use the term stay at home mom. And that really mm-hmm. is just not true at all. Um, 
anyone who stays home is also doing a bunch of other stuff. They're a volunteer at at a kid's program or they're helping with elderly or um, tons of organizations. If you have free time, someone's going to snatch it up. Mm -hmm. You know, so if, if you're really, really busy, the years just fly by. I mean, don't they fly by in your career? I think they do. It's the same with being at home. You don't really realize it and blank. Oh, 10 years has gone by. Right. We talk about that um, in the book, Back on the Career Track, I co-authored with another relauncher, Vivian Rabin, um, who has five kids, um, before we started I Relaunch. And in the book, we talk about how, you know, you think it's only going to be one or two years and all of a sudden you wake up like Rip Van Winkle and you realize, oh my gosh, 10 years has gone by. So in your case, almost 17 years. Almost 17. When... (laughs) When my children started to go into college, um, my husband and I re-looked at our bank account. Mm-hmm. Hey, something has to change. And my husband wanted to sell our house, and I didn't want to sell our house. So I started looking for a job. Mm-hmm. That's that's really was my motivation to go back to work. Interesting. So, um, you know, and that's a really important point because sometimes people relaunch because of some sort of looming financial need, like college tuitions, in your, or you know, maybe they haven't saved enough for retirement. But um, sometimes it's not an immediate financial need; it's something looming in the future. Uh, so, what happened? Like when you decided, you thought, okay, so now I need to go back to work. Were you thinking about the possibility of being able to resume your technical career, or were you thinking that you might end up doing something completely different? Well, I did something completely different for a little while. Um, When that happened, uh, we really seriously looked at selling the house when my oldest was first going into college. Mm -hmm. Um, My church needed someone. They decided children's ministry needs to really grow and develop. So we're going to hire someone for that position. And I was selected to do that. So that kind of filled the gap for a while. Scholarships help. Um, my in-laws are great. They had provided the kids, uh, in Alabama, it's called a PAC where that's a prepaid college tuition. So, Mm. you know, my oldest son, those financial needs weren't nearly as important because he had a scholarship and we had this, um, income from that PAC. Um, so being a, um, church children's minister that filled in that financial gap again, you know, God provided for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what happened after that? Well, you can't afford three children in college at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that yep. Just without going into a lot of debt. And that was, that's something that my husband and I really have worked hard is to um, budget well, save well, and not go into debt. So my husband and I had this long talk. Do you think I can get a job as an engineer again? You know, and Mm -hmm. he said, oh, I'm sure you can, you know, and I was really very, very nervous about it. Um, And at about that time, a um, job fair, a big, huge job fair opened up in Huntsville. And I said, I'm going to go to this job fair. So I wrote up a resume and off I went and gave it to lots of people and uh, applied for a lot of jobs a lot of jobs. And then about, um, 
I guess it probably took about six months and then I got hired. Wow. Well, let's dive into this in a little more depth because we're talking about you getting hired into, and I'm, I'm, I'd like to hear exactly what the role is, but it, you know, you were seeking a technical role after years away from the field. Had you done any sort of academic updating or online courses or anything to keep up in what was going on in the field in the meantime? Not a stitch of it. I had not done any. Now, I talked to my husband about technical things. He's also an engineer. He also works for for NASA. So Mm -hmm. we would talk about things, but no, I I wish I had. There's so many um, free courses available out there that you can um, increase your knowledge on just about anything that that piques your interest. Technically, not not technically. I mean, um, the advances of, of internet are you know, are, are phenomenal. You really can learn a lot out there. But no, I hadn't done, I hadn't done any of that. Um, I don't think you really lose your technical knowledge that you have. Yeah, I couldn't, I don't think if somebody put um, some calculus in front of me that I would, I would be stellar at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because I haven't done any of that kind of thing. But when I was at the job fair, um, one group that I talked to, uh, I said, you know, I haven't, I ha- could I be a, a stress analysis again? You know, that's what I did when I was at NASA. I did uh, mm-hmm. structural stuff. Could I do that again? Do you think I've, it's been 17 years? And I was told, you know, it's all the same. The computer systems have gotten a little bit higher fidelity and they're easier to operate but the process is the same. If your fundamentals are there, you can pick it up really easily. Wow. Okay. So I want to um, focus on that for a minute because we've heard this from other technical professionals and people who work in with numbers, you, you know, a process engineer who also took a 17-year career break and came back to a defense firm said, you know, the problems we deal with are still the same. And I and I think she, she was talking about, you know, from almost 20 years before, you know, we'll have um, the people who are in credit risk analysis. They'll say the fundamentals of credit risk analysis, still the same. So you're saying that these these process and the issues of um, stress testing, structural, um, I guess it's is it materials engineering that we're talking about? Uh, we're um, talking about mechanical engineering, but the laws of physics haven't changed. So. Mm-hmm. To get the answers that you seek, maybe the tool is tweaked a little bit, but we're still doing it in the same way. Mm-hmm. So I just want to underscore that for our audience, especially the technical relaunchers out there who have had long career breaks, that the fundamentals of physics and and you know some some of the other important technical pieces are still the same. There's a layer of maybe new, you know, new computer programs or analysis on methodologies that, that need to be learned. Um, How did that go for you? Did you find that immediately you had to update on the technical side? Well, the, the position that became open for me was more of an overview of all of the um, engineering process. A systems engineer does, I guess they look at the big picture from cost, manpower, safety, mechanical, electrical, um, 
all types of engineering, software engineering, safety engineering, all of that, you kind of have inputs. So you have specialists behind you that are doing all of that analysis. Now you work it together and have to be able to decipher, is that credible? Is it not credible? What do I need? What do I need to ask them to do? Those types of things. But if I ever had a problem that I didn't understand, I could just ask one of my coworkers and they could fill in those gaps. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to the conversations that you were having at this career fair because you you actually asked them, you presented yourself without the updating and you said, I haven't done this in 17 years. And they they were pretty progressive about their responses. They said, yeah, you know, the fund, you have the fundamental skills. Um, we think that you could be fine after all those years away. I think that's pretty amazing. Did, pretty amazing. Were you expecting that? Like, did you also have conversations where people just dismissed you out of hand? I had excellent conversations with all potential employers. Not a single one um, gave me the idea of, oh, you haven't, you know, because they looked at my, they looked at my resume, uh, you know, and my, the first thing on my resume is a children's minister. Mm hmm. Because that was my job at the time, you know, and they would look at it and then they'd look kind of up at me and then they'd see that I was a NASA engineer. Hey, tell me about yourself. I don't know if it was my first job that got my foot in the door to these conversations, but I think as we age, we get to a point where you can just talk to people. And I think you have to rely on those strengths to communicate if you can't communicate well with a, a potential employer, you're already in trouble, I think. Mm-hmm. But if, if they can see you as just a, a person that's looking for a job that talks intelligently, that understands where they are and what they're trying to get, I think that's a, a lot of getting a job. Um, oh, I don't know how much money I want. Tell them how much money you want. They would rather know where you are. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to tell your potential employer, this is where I am. I took off to raise my kids. I felt like that was really an important thing to do. I didn't hide the fact that um, God is a big, big part of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in the, ba- in the Bible belt, so everybody is accepting and talking about God. No one really turns you off and says, oh, you shouldn't talk about that. I have heard from people that have moved from outside that moved to this area say, it's just so different here. I don't know if that's true or not. Mm-hmm. So can you give me any, I don't know if you remember, but when someone would say, well, tell me about yourself, can you give us a sense, our audience, a sense of what you said? Like, let's pretend we're at the job fair. I would start with, um, I'm a mom. They decided to take a break from her career and raise her kids. I felt that it was an important thing for our family. And now I'm ready to get back into the workforce. That's how it always started. Mm-hmm. And then they would look and they'd say, wait, you're, you were, ran a children's ministry. Like, why are you looking for this job? Or then they would look down and say, oh, we see you were at NASA. Yeah. And I would say, well, you know, being a children's minister, you really learn how to deal with people. My communication skills, my um, conflict, how to handle conflict, how to have difficult conversations, how to relate to people has expounded. My people skills um, have really, really improved. Mm -hmm. I am not a nerdy engineer anymore with tunnel vision, right? (laughs) 
Um, all right. So that, so you said that, and then were all of the positions, positions like systems engineer, where it, you didn't have anything where people then, or, or maybe even in subsequent interviews gave you some sort of a technical test or, or asked you questions that were technical in nature and how would you approach solving that problem? Like, like what, what was the process after those initial conversations and was it, did you have to study up or how did that go for you? I applied for several systems engineering jobs. I also applied for just regular mechanical engineering jobs. Um, I also applied for technical liaison type jobs. Um, and I did not study up for anything. I probably should have. Hindsight probably should have. Um, I did go back and look at every company um, to see what they were into, to do my homework on um, their products or their services and how I would fit into that. Um, but I didn't look at any educational uh, analysis type things. I think that's really what you're asking. I didn't mm -hmm. do any of that. Can you tell us a little bit about what Science and Engineering Systems does as, as a company and a little bit about what your role was initially and then what it is now? We mainly work with um, the military. And our primary focus is 60 variant helicopters and Chinooks. Um, we take old ones that have outdated systems on them and upgrade them. Hmm. Um, from making everything analog to everything digital hmm. uh, to maybe, hey, I just want this antenna added to this system. So we'll do, we'll do the engineering on that. We'll do the purchasing. We'll do the manufacturing. We will do the installation. We'll do the testing. And we will even do the training for the pilots. This is how this system works. This is how it's integrated into your uh, cockpit. And uh, we'll update all their manuals. Mm. So we, we pretty much are a one-stop shop for uh, a niche of obsolescence in helicopters. Really interesting. And can you talk about what your initial role was and how it's evolved to what you're doing now? Because you, you know, you, it looks like you've been promoted a couple of times in the last three years. I have. I started out as just uh, the systems engineer support for one of the largest programs that we had at the company. Um, it had been going on for about four years. Um, it was taking Limas and turning those into Gulfs for the Air Force. It was taking um, helicopters from the desert that had been stored up, and we completely rebuilt them um, to be fleet-like that the Air Force is currently uh, flying with a couple extra special things on them. Hmm. And uh, as the systems engineer, we had a lot of reports that still weren't finalized. Uh, so my job was to make sure we had everything delivered. As a um, military contract, you have things called cedrals, which are just really deliverables. Mm -hmm. And um, that was my main job was making sure we had every technical document completed and delivered. And how has your role changed since 
when you started to what you're doing now? Well, the project lead for that program, um, he decided to move on to another company and I was, I guess, just in the right place at the right time. Um, since I knew all that was required for what I was doing with the systems engineering, they said, okay, Cynthia, we're going to make you this project lead. Well, this had probably 10 to 12 engineers under it. So mm. that automatically made me a manager because mm-hmm. I had to now monitor all of, of these employees. So that's, that's how that transpired. Wow. And how was it to transition to all of a sudden managing 10 or 12 people? Well, I had to rely on these people. I didn't know as much on the program as some of them, you know, uh, mm-hmm. now I'm reporting to the customer, which I hadn't been doing before. And I, uh, I had to learn a lot. So I spread out the workload and, and, uh, it, it went really, really well. I think being a children's ministry director, my communication skills had improved so much. You have to have volunteers. You have to rely on other people to help you. And Mm -hmm. I used that past experience in this new job. I need your help. Let me tell you what we're, where we are, what we're doing. And, and, uh, the younger engineers stepped up. You know, they really just came up to the plate and took ownership of their area and helped me out. Mm-hmm. Well, for our employers who are listening, I I always find it fascinating how, um, the, you know, combination of experiences people have during their career breaks as volunteers. You, you know, you, you had this interim experience that was completely unrelated to your technical career before you went back to it as a, as a paid ex, uh, work experience. Um, but how relevant these skills can uh, be when you kind of least expect it. Uh, so I, I love that illustration that you have um, of that piece. Did you have to get clearance, Cynthia, at any point? Yes. And is that just a process that goes on from, you know, you get hired and and then it progresses over time? Right from the get-go. Okay. Yeah, right from the get-go. Um, that's a, a pretty standard thing when you when you're working with the military. Mm-hmm. And can you talk a little bit about age uh, and how old you were relative to the people who you were working with, and just any yes, experiences or anecdotes? It was it was <laughs> a big joke. Um, my, my boss who hired me, uh, he has gray hair. And I guess I had been there about six months and we were joking, you know, about all the young guys that are in this, in the engineering group. And I said, yeah, you know, you're the, you're the granddaddy of them all. And he goes, no, I'm not. And and I said, no, you're not. What are you talking about? He goes, you're older than me. And I said, no, I'm not. He goes, yes, you are. (laughs) And it became apparent. Cynthia was the oldest of the group. I still am. Uh huh. That's great. And it sounds like you have a pretty good sense of humor about it. Do you think that oh. was part of everyone feeling comfortable <laughs> on that topic? <laughs> we have a great group of engineers. Um, we do things outside of work together. We have a great camaraderie. Um, obviously, I'm very approachable. They can come in and talk to me all the time. So yeah, it, it's it's very very um, relaxed but professional atmosphere. 
That sounds great. It sounds just from talking to you, like you must be a great person to work for. <laughs> well, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> um, one thing we didn't talk about was the transition at home. So um, you're home for 17 years. You have, I don't know, you, you had uh, some kids who are either in college or going into college. And I'm guessing you had at least one still at home when you when you relaunched. Um, any comments on the reaction from your husband or your children uh, when it was happening years a few years ago? When can I have a new car, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> so everyone looked at this as a big positive from that yes. perspective. <laughs> yes, they did. Yes, they did. Um, until, you know... I don't know. I, I guess we went out to eat, I don't know, three weeks in a row. And uh, um, finally, my husband's like, whew, are we ever going to eat at home again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a great so sport. Happened? He is yeah, a great what, sport. <laughs> so uh, seriously, what happened in that department? Because I remember when I went back, um, I I kind of stopped cooking. <laughs> You know, when, you, when you're at home, and I'm busy at home, right? When mm-hmm. those 17 years, you can't raise seven, I mean, seven, four children and and be active in, as a volunteer and not be busy. But mm-hmm. you also had downtime. If you were mm-hmm. tired, you know, you sat down, had a cup of coffee, relaxed, relaxed your brain, right? At work, it's eight to 10 hours and you come home and it's like, oh, I don't want to do any of this. I'm so mm-hmm. tired. Yeah, that's what I said. Moms or uh, women who have two things going on in the household besides just a husband, it it, it is really a hard job to juggle all of that. Um, you know, now I'm facing, and I know a lot of women do face elderly parents that may need care. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a it's a tough thing emotionally and physically on you to do both. That's for sure. I admire women who can do that. Cynthia, we're wrapping up right now, and I want to ask you the question we ask all of our podcast guests, and that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something that we've already talked about? For a technical person going back uh, into the career field, if you feel uncomfortable about where am I technically, take a couple online classes. Um, there are plenty of them out there. I know um, I've taken some with edX since I've gone back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm currently enrolled in a um, systems engineering like career type course with MIT. Mm-hmm. Um that I'm going to get certificates for. I won't get a degree or anything, but I'll get some certificates for that. And add that stuff to your resume. Say that you've done these things. Show that you're active. Show that you're current. I know that that will make a big difference. Excellent. Excellent advice. Uh, So, Cynthia, thank you so much for spending time with us today. I enjoyed it. Loved it. And thanks for listening to 321i Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman-Cohen, the chair and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host. 
For more information on iRelaunch, go to iRelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. Thanks for joining us.